0: In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, Amen. As you know, today is the third week of the Blessed Lent. And this story is a story that we all know and we all cherish, we all love very much. It's a very powerful story. It's a very um, beautiful story about a father's love. It's a story about a son, one son who leaves and the other who stays. And in order to really go deeper in this story, we kind of have to look at the whole picture and see what exactly was going on, the context of this story, and what was going on with this younger child. And of course, as we know, this story is a parable. So it's not an actual real story that happened. This is our Lord teaching us through the power of story. And so he comes up with this scenario. But something that we don't necessarily always think about is who is he talking to at this time? Right before these verses, it says that he he gathered with sinners and Pharisees. And people were all there to listen and now he gives a story about this father who has two sons and we see one of the things that happens early on is that the son decides that he wants to leave. The son decides that he wants to leave. He decides That life outside is better than life inside. That life away from his father is better than life with his father. And this was what was going on in the mind of this young man. He's looking at this and he's making a choice. Every single day in our life, we make choices. This morning, you all made a choice to come to church. And this was, for every single person, I'm sure, depending on different levels, a little bit of a battle. That battle that you have with your alarm clock, that battle that you have with your body to get up, it's a choice to say, okay, I wanna to come to church. But this, this young man chooses something very specific. He goes to his father and asks for his inheritance and if we really know what that truly means he not only chose to get out of his father's house but in his mind inherit when we ask we only receive the inheritance when our parents pass away and so in his mind he's saying I want nothing to do with you give me what I will receive and I will I know what's better for me. That pride of knowing or feeling that you know what's better is a problem. And so he says, Father, give me my inheritance. And he leaves. But we see here where this story is known as a prodigal son. The prodigal son means the son who is wasteful. The son who has so much and wastes all his resources, wastes uh, whatever he has and, and doesn't use it in the right way. And now, so when we look at this, we see there's a few things that happen in this story. We see the choice that he made, we see the result of his choice, and we see the return. And this process happens with us every single day. We make a choice, should I do this or should I do this? Should I say this or should I say this? And then there is a result of of that. And then there is a return. When we, when somebody leaves his father's house, he made a choice to say that outside of the house is better. Life outside is better. We always do, as human nature, we always try to do what's better. We do things that are better. We always are trying to improve. So in this person's mind, he thought that leaving his father, leaving his father is an improvement. And what what is the father's house? The fathers talk about it as heaven or the church which we call heaven on earth. So when the son says, I want to leave, he's leaving the church. He's disconnecting himself from the church. He's disconnecting himself from the body of Christ. He's disconnecting himself from heaven. And that disconnection, we see the result. We see the result of what happens when things are disconnected, even in our, our daily lives, our devices, whether it's a phone, or a laptop, or even cars, whatever, if you don't charge them, they're useless. They're useless. And so when we look at when, what happens is the charge is us connected to the source who is Christ. Once you disconnect, you've made that choice and say, okay, no, I want to give it a shot. I want to live, give me, let me try to live on my own. This leads us to the next point. When we say, when we look at the result, is life with God better than life outside? The easy answer, if I ask that question, if I say raise your hands, everybody's gonna raise their hands and say, of course, Abuna, life with God is better. But is that really how we, what we believe and how we act? Because when we look at this story, we see that this person, did he have any needs when he was with the father? No. It's not the mentality, that we, when we look at, for example, uh, any of our kids, it's not what they have and what we have. It's whatever we have is theirs. But this child did not think of it this way. He said, Father give me what is mine. In the father's mentality, what do you mean? Everything is yours. But he didn't want to hear that. He said, give me what is mine. And so this mentality of give me what is mine and going out and looking at the world as it is now, he thought that he can do better. Now, let me ask, why is it that we feel that life outside is better. Why is it that we feel that certain aspects are better outside, away from God, than with God? I was trying to think about this this week. Why the son wanted to leave so bad in this story? It could be that he felt restricted. It could be that he felt that he was struggling. It, it could be that he felt that he can't do whatever he wants. But the question is, did he have any needs? No. Was everything taken care of? Yes. So for him, he valued, he valued his freedom, his freedom, which the devil uses this concept of freedom to say, do whatever you want. Abuna Devi talked about it a little bit last week, that the devil has changed the concept of liberty or freedom to mean no control, do anything you want. And so when we look at what's happening in this story, we see that the this, this son leaves the father leaves all the glory, leaves all the good, leaves all the positive, leaves all the love, and goes and tries to replace that with other things, tries to find a replacement. And that's exactly what we do. We see God's love, but we want to replace it with people's love. We see God's care, but we only care about what people think about me. And this mentality, he hit rock bottom. You look at, you compare the two, the two parts that Christ used in the story. He says the father's house and the pig's tie. Like look at the two extremes that he used. And even in the pig's tie, he couldn't get whatever he wanted. He couldn't even get the food. He wished that he could eat the food that the pigs were eating. How far did he get from his father's house? Pope Shenouda, who we just celebrated uh, 10 years this past week of his passing, he said, when the prodigal son came to himself said, I will arise and go to my father. Immediately he rose and went He seized the opportunity of the spiritual warmth before it became cool in the heart and before it was snatched by the enemy. It's really interesting here. He hit rock bottom, but God never left him. God was always working in his heart. God was always reminding him life in the house. To the point where he started, when he came to himself, when he came to his senses, when he decided and said, no, 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 I can't live like this. He still felt ashamed to go back home as a son. So he said, I'm going to ask my, da- my, my dad to hire me as one of the servants. Because you know what? The servants there are living great. I'm going to go back as a servant. But he didn't wait. Many of us know the wrongs that we are living in. Knows, know the sin that we struggle with. The issue is we wait. God is like poking at us to work on this sin. To repent from this sin. To change this part of our life. And we say, okay, God, just a little, by, a little while longer. Like, let me just be comfortable now and I'll come to it. I promise I know it's wrong, but I'll fix it later. I'll fix it later. Devil's favorite word, later. Do it later. Read your Bible later. Go to church next week. You don't have to wake up Sunday. There's liturgy every day this week. And then, of course, every day comes. I'll just wait till Sunday. And then it continues. The devil is not going to tell us not to pray. Because he knows we're stubborn. If the devil tells us not to pray, guess what? We're all going to get up and pray. But the devil doesn't say that. The devil says, do it later. Do it after work. You're tired in the morning. Just do it after work. Oh no, but now you're home from work. You're tired. Do it before you sleep. It's always later, 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 later. But like Pope Shenoud said, this man in the story, immediately he rose up and said, no, 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 I need to, I, that's it, I need to return. I need to return. Now, it's really important to look at the return He went from, he couldn't get anybody to give him anything. Now, look at what happens when he returns. Before we even talk about what happened with with the father, we have to to think about what this return actually means. When we mess up, when we sin, there's a sense of shame, there's a sense of guilt, there's a sense of God's not going to accept me. No, Abuna, you don't even know what I've done. There's no way I could come take me. No, come take me. No, but Abuna, like this is much worse than anybody's ever done anything. No. I can assure you. And this mentality is the devil. I can imagine on, once he said, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to go and I'm going to tell, tell the father, tell my father that I'm going to be, please hire me as a servant. And he started his way back. Because remember what it says in in the story. He went to a faraway country. So the return was also a far distance. And so as he's coming back, I can't imagine it was easy. I can't imagine it was a smooth cruise control all the way to the father. I can't imagine he didn't have second thoughts where he said, no, my father, he's not going to accept me. I wasted everything. I hurt him so badly. He's not going to accept me. Let me just go back. I'm sure I can find something. I'll beg, I'll do whatever. I'm sure this thought came to his mind. I'm sure his thought, the thought came, I'll do it later. I'll go, my father, if, if my father's going to hire me today, he's going to hire me tomorrow, he's going to hire me next week. I'll do it later. I'm sure the thought came to him or people came to him and said, are you joking me? You're going to return looking like that? You're going to go to church after you've done this, this, and this? You're going to go tell Abuna you did that? No way. And make you feel very small. The return requires strength. And the same one, the same God who gave us the strength to come to ourselves to decide to return, He will give us the strength to help us get back home. He will give us the strength. We're not going to be able to come back. We're not going to be able to repent. We're not going to be able to overcome a sin on our own. It's not going to happen. Because anytime we will fall, we will will struggle to get back. And now look at what happened when he was within eyesight of the father. We, we, we tend to have this mentality of, I need to go back to the father. I need to go to my father and, and just really beg him to forgive me. Beg him to let me back in to the house. Please, I'll take, uh, let me be one of the worst servants here. Like, don't, you don't have to pay me. I'll volunteer. No. The father saw him from a distance, ran to him, ran to him. Now, I want you to picture this as a real story. Somebody just, your son, or, your, or you did this to your father, whatever. You just said, I don't want anything to do with you. Give me your money. I don't want, you know, disconnect. I don't want anything to, to I don't want to know you. And then, you come, and then you come back. You're at least expecting, you know, maybe not the warmest of welcomes. Maybe, you know, fine, but you're grounded for six years. Whatever it is. You're punished or this or that. Like, whatever the situation is. He ran to him. He ran to him. He was excited to see him. He kissed him, gave him a robe, gave him sandals, gave him a ring, threw him a huge party. Is this a father that's holding a grudge? No. Does he have every right to hold a grudge? Yeah. Our father is not a father of grudges. Our father loves. Our father is not holding a list of things that we've done. To say, oh you've done this, oh here's your punishment for this. He just wants us to return. He just wants us to come back home, come back to church. Over the years that I've been taking confessions, that I've been talking to people who distance themselves from the church, The biggest thing that doesn't allow people to come back is that they think two things. One, I'm not good enough. Abuna, um, you don't even know what I do. I'm not good enough, I can't just come back to church. Or two, their, their fear of other people. The shame that they feel that other people will judge them. Other people saw what they put on social media. Everybody knows what, they, what happened in their situation, in their relationship, in their whatever. I'm not coming back. I'll, I'll go to a, another church. Okay, go as long as you go. No, but people might find out still. Our father ran. The father runs and kisses. And then he fell on his neck. Why did he fall on his neck? To kiss him on his neck. It's to cover him. It's to cover him from any shame. To fall on his neck, that means he felt like, that means the sun was on the floor. He fell. He felt ashamed when his dad came running to him. But he kissed him on his neck. He covered him with the garment of incorruption. The garment of incorruption. St. Nathanaelus calls it the garment of incorruption because we are covered by God. We are covered by God. It's repentance. It's the ability to be returned. He's covering him. The sandals that represents now that we're back home here, walk, walk in the light, walk in the spirit, walk with God. He not only held him at the moment, he brought him and gave him the tools to continue. He gave him the tools to continue with God. And the last thing is he, he, he uh, threw a huge party with a fatted calf. This feast that he threw is the Feast of the Eucharist. This was the, the part that made it official. When we come back to Christ, we need to take communion. We need to unite with him. There is no connection with God outside the true, perfect connection of the Eucharist. Again, this is what the devil is going to say. How are you going to take communion? How are you going to fast? You can't fast. Seriously, you're going to fast with all the stuff that you've done? These are the things the devil plays in our mind. So I pray that this gospel, this today, this return helps us not only for us to return, but also to help others return. That we are those people, those checkpoints on the way back to the Father's house for these people, that we can help them. We have so many friends that we know that are distant from the church, distant from God, distant from their faith. And our, our thought process is, no, no, that's their business. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to... No, they need you to get involved. They need you to ask about them. Hey, where were you? I haven't seen you in church in a while. That's all it is. So I pray that this, as we are in the third week of Lent, that we take advantage of this return, that we ourselves repent, that each and every single one of us schedules a confession in the next week or so to plan to spend time with God and to just start new as we journey to the cross and the resurrection and glory be to God forever. Amen.